0: And now, here's a word from the Lord.
1: I want to talk today from the thought, is it right? Is it right? This first installment of our teaching for canceling financial illiteracy. Title of today's message, Is It Right? And again, I'm not going to read the text because it was already read during our responsive reading. All right. Uh, Is it right? So I want to begin with this premise. I know that some of you are not financially illiterate. I I know that you are financially literate. You know the deal. You know the deal. But I believe that what we're going to share this month can still help you. And let me put this plug in. Let me put this plug in. I'm thinking maybe the third Sunday, if the Lord allows, the third Sunday. I would love to share some of your stories or get you to submit a video sharing your story. Those of you Who have side businesses home-based businesses side hustles Um, i'd love to either get a video of you sharing your story or share some of your information i'll provide more details um when i come up with them all right (laughs) yeah it may be easier for you to shoot a quick video and send it to me and then we compile it and and put it all in a presentation maybe a third sunday but but my prayer is that this these sermons this month really empower all of us. So all of you who are already, you, you're already financially literate, you're financially set, you're debt-free, you have, and some people in our church have like five plus streams of income coming in in their retirement, right? When I grow up, if I can get five checks a month when, and after I retire... I mean, some of you have retired from the military. You're getting the D- VA disability, Social Security. Then you're getting another check from the gig you had after you retired. Um, and then your, your side hustle. I mean, some of y'all getting some checks. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Um, so some of you already get it. But here's what I need. I don't, I don't need you to skip church for the next couple weeks. If you already get it, Sister Verrett, you're already teaching it, putting it in the newsletter each month. Listen, I need you to be a cloud of witnesses. And, and what I share, if I share anything that you've done and you know it works, I need you to chime in on social media and your conversations and tell folk, listen, what Pastor Clark shared, it works because I tried it, right? And the wonderful thing is some of our folks here who get it, who get it, haven't always had it. Some of y'all started out with nothing. I mean, dirt. You couldn't even afford the other O-R in poor. I'm talking dirt pole. Some of y'all started out with nothing, but the Lord has brought you from a mighty long way. You ain't bathing in no number 10 tub no more. It's number 10, ain't it? Is it number 10? Number 10, yeah. Some of y'all ain't bathing in no number unless you want to. So some of you get it. I need all of you who get it. I need y'all to help me. Because... This, this, what we're dealing with this month, has to combat a mindset, and I'm, a, I'm going to address that. It has to combat a mindset, and some of us are going to be in conversations with some of our members, and I need y'all to help me and bear witness, whether it's on social media, uh, in your private conversations, and just let folks know, listen, what Pastor Clark is sharing, it works. It works. So what is financial literacy? Uh-oh. What is financial literacy? Financial literacy Is the ability to understand and effectively use various financial skills, including personal financial management, budgeting, and investing. Financial literacy is the foundation of your relationship with money, and it is a what? Lifelong journey of learning. You can never stop learning about financial literacy. Even if you are retired and on a fixed income, there's still some more you can learn about money and how you can uh, improve your financial situation. Financial literacy. Some of the basics of financial literacy and its practical application in practical everyday life includes banking, budgeting, handling debt and credit, and investing. Uh I'm, I'm gonna get that money back to you. Once I once I'm done with this PowerPoint, I'm gonna get that money. Thank you for letting me borrow that money, and take that picture, put it in the slide, I'm gonna get it back to you after after I spend it. I mean after after church. Um here, eight areas of financial literacy. Eight areas. When we talk about financial literacy, what are we talking about? We're talking about earning, consuming, such as budgeting and managing expenses, saving and investing, and and we're also talking about, wait, also talking about, also talking about borrowing and debt management, insurance, comprehending risk and uncertainty, recognizing trustworthy sources of financial information and advice. When it comes to financial literacy, it varies across demographic groups within the um, African American population. The observed patterns are consistent with varia- variations identified in the U.S. population as a whole. In other words, there's been some studies shown as to which groups in our population are more financially literate than others, and it is shown across the board, across the board, uh, regardless of race. Men typically are f- more financially literate. Than women, And I know some of my sisters are saying, please. But anyway, it shows that men are typically, across the board, regardless of race, men are typically more financially literate than women. Older folks are typically more financially literate than young folks. Folks who, are, uh, folks who are well-educated are typically more financially literate than folks who are not well-educated. And folks who might have a couple of pennies to rub together are more financially literate than folks who do not. And that's true even for black folk. Black men are typically more financially literate than black women. Uh, Black-educated folk are typically typically more edu- more financially literate than black folks who are not educated. Black folks who may have a couple of pennies to rub together, have a higher income uh, may be more financially literate than folks who, who do not. But across the board, in America, so many Americans are financially illiterate. In other words, a lot of us in this country really don't know anything about money. We don't know how to earn it. We don't know how to manage it. Uh, uh, we mismanage it so easily. Why is that? One reason why. One reason why is because it's not taught in schools. It's not taught in school. Financial literacy is not taught in schools. How many of you went to a school, public school, elementary, middle, high school, where you were taught how to make money, how to manage money? What any of you were taught in school? Okay, I got two hands. Right. Most of us were not taught in school how to make money. Uh, how to manage money. Most of us, if anything, were taught, you need to go to school so you can get a good paying job. And some of us, that's, that's the extent of our financial literacy. I know I need to go to school so I can get a good paying job. When I was teaching at Fort Valley State, no lie, when I was teaching at Fort Valley State, I asked one of my students, because they had talked about, my, my goal is to graduate college and go get me a good paying job. I said, what's a good paying job? And I don't know, like maybe $10 an hour. I'm like, baby, that's not a good paying job. That's not a good, it's not a good paying mindset. It's not a good paying job. So for a lot of us, we're not taught in school. Unfortunately, too many of us, especially African-Americans, we're not taught at home. We're not taught at home. We're not taught at home how to make money, how to manage money, how to invest money. Uh, too many of us, we're not taught at home. So if the truth is told, a lot of us, a lot of people in America and a lot of black folk aren't taught about money anywhere. Why not learn about money at church? Oh I know why I know why because the preacher only going to teach you to manage money because you want your money. I don't want your money. I don't want your money. Listen, I want us to be empowered. I wonder why why are so many black folk broke? why 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 be broke when you don't have to be? Why struggle financially when you can avoid it? Amen how many I'm not even going to ask where you are, but how many of you would love to avoid financial struggle. Just love to avoid it. You want to get as far away from it. You may, Maybe you're already enjoying being so far away from financial struggle. Maybe you remember when you were struggling financially. What, but why? So one reason, we're not taught in school. We're not taught at home. And if we are going to be a ministry that empowers people, we need to be empowering people Uh, With how to manage money, not just how to give the extent of financial literacy in the black church is give God that tithe. Give God that tithe. And then with the rest, trust him to make a way out of no way. Trust him to open doors. Trust him to fix it for you. Trust him. You can, listen, you don't need good credit when you got favor. You can get a loan and don't even qualify for it. Your friend's going to ask you, how did you get that house? And you're going to tell them favor. Tell your neighbor, favor. T- slap five with your neighbor. Tell-. That's financial literacy in the church. You don't have to worry about your credit score when you have favor. Why not have both? Excellent credit score and favor. Let's fix it. So here's the deal. About 54 percent of black Americans report having no credit or a poor to fair credit score below 640. According to a 2021 survey of 5000 U.S. adults conducted by Credit Sesame. In contrast, just 37 percent of white Americans report having poor or no credit. The survey also found that 30% of black Americans say that they were misinformed or tricked in their first interactions with credit, uh, compared to 18% of white Americans. Here's something else very interesting. About 83% of black seniors do not have the assets they need for retirement. In other words, too many of our African Americans, uh, African American mamas, mamas, daddies, Medea, and them, don't have enough money to really live off of their retirement. They're struggling. They're struggling. This is... Listen to me. Please listen to this. Please. This alone is something that all of us need to really pay particular attention to, especially for those of us middle-aged and still working, and for those of us raising children, because studies are showing we are living longer. We're living longer. So you talk about retiring at 60, 65, chances are you, you... you might be around for a minute, especially if you leave them neck bones and them pig feet alone. You might be around for a good little while. You might be around for a good little while. All right? So it's very important that we talk about financial literacy, which has much more to deal with than, than retirement, but it does include Retirement. The retirement landscape has shifted in recent decades toward defined contribution plans such as 401ks, which require uh, workers to invest in the stock market where some of y'all back in the day, you invested in a pension or you got a pension, you do X number of years with your company, you retire, you get that pension, right? Now you got to put something in it to get something back out of it. You got to put something in it. Okay. Um, In general. In general, black Americans also have lower incomes than white Americans, which means less money to invest for retirement. Many also work for employers who don't offer 401k plans to all my young folk, all my young folk, all my young adults. You want to work for somebody who's giving you some benefits. I, yeah, I encouraged my kids and I encourage any young people who be willing to listen. After you graduate high school, you don't need to get a job. You need to have a career. Right. Amen. Amen. Jobs, you get hours. Somebody else may dictate how many hours you get, what, what skip, shift you may, you may work. You get a career, you get an annual salary. Maybe even you, you may still work, you know, a, a certain rate per hour. But you want some paid sick days. You want some paid vacation days. You want some retirement. You want some disability. That's what careers have to offer. Baby, Listen. When you, when you go to get that job and you're wondering if this company is going to hire you, if you even want to work for the company, you want to ask about the retirement plan. And you prefer to have a retirement plan where you put some money in and they match what you put in up to what the IRS will allow. And you put it in. Don't talk about, I can't afford, I got bills. I can't put money in my retirement. Child, you can't afford not to. Especially if somebody's going to give you money, they say, listen, you put $5 in, we're going to put $5 in to match your $5. You put in $100 a month, we'll match that $100 a month. You put in $200 a month. Why not put in the $100 when they're going to give you $100? Amen. Amen. But too many of us, we're so suspicious. We're so suspicious. Or, Or we lock ourselves in where we can't afford to put money in retirement. Baby, you can't afford not to. So to all my young folk. All of my young folk, you about to get your first job, get your job while you're still in school, get that job. But once you graduate high school, you don't need to be looking for no job. You need to be looking for a career. And when you sit down for that interview, uh, if you don't already know, you need to ask them, "Uh, we need to talk about my retirement plan, What y'all offer for retirement. And if you work, let's say you got two interviews, you got two interviews, you interview with one company, they offer retirement, you put in what you put in and that's it. You you work for another company, they offer retirement where they'll match what you put in. You might want to give a lot of weight to the one that's going to match what you put in, even if you may make less now. Just something to think about. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Black folks who are financially illiterate are more likely to save for retirement, more likely to plan for retirement, are more likely to have non-retirement savings. That means you got some money outside your retirement. Are less likely to be debt constrained. That means you're less likely to be choked by debt, struggling with debt. And then you're less likely to be financially fragile. That means that an emergency comes up that's going to cost you up to $2,000. You're not so fragile. You don't have the $2,000. You're, you're struggling. Where am I going to get me some $2,000 from? Right? That's, financial, that's being financially fragile. On the other end of the spectrum, being financially resilient. Being financially resilient means an emergency comes up. I can take care of it. Whether it's $200, $400, $2,000, I can take care of it. We want to be financially resilient resilient all right the cost of financial literacy illiteracy it is costing it is costing financial illiteracy is costing us too many americans especially african americans are broke what you don't know can actually hurt you That saying that we've heard all our lives what you don't know can't hurt you baby that's a lie yeah. especially when it comes to money what you don't know about money can hurt you amen amen but when you know better but when you know better when you know better, you're better equipped to do better. So where do so many Americans go wrong with money? Okay? One reason we go wrong with money is we don't know that we don't know. We don't know that we don't know. We think as long as we got enough money to cover our bills, we straight. I got enough money to pay my bills and I might have a couple of dollars left over. I'm straight. You ain't straight. Just because you can pay them bills don't, doesn't mean you're straight. Some of those bills you shouldn't have. And some of those bills you're going to pay forever. I want to if you haven't done it lately, if you have if you have a credit card and you're getting those statements in the mail and you actually you're not like me, you actually open them up and look at them. I want you to look at it's, It should tell you if you pay X number of dollars, you ought to have this credit card paid off in a certain amount of time. If you make the minimum payment, you, it's going to take you this long. Just the next time you get that credit card statement, open it up and look at that and look at how long it's going to take you to pay that thing off if you only continue to make the minimum payment. So we think we think we're we think we straight because we can handle the payments. But just because you can handle the payments don't mean you are straight. All right. Sometimes we, we can overdose on the payments. You can overdose on the payments. So you you buy something, you buy you you buy something, and it's costing X number of dollars a month. You straight. I can handle that. Yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. You sign your name on the dotted line. Then you get something else. Yeah, it's only $20 a month. That I'm straight. I can handle that. You cool. So then you get something else. It's only $30 a month. You get something else. It's only $79.99 a month. You get something else. And before you know it, you done overdosed on them payments. And your whole check is going towards payments. Right? I ain't gonna I've been there before. I've been delivered, but I've been there before with the whole check going towards payments where it seemed like I couldn't make enough money. Here's another way, another way we go wrong. Another way we go wrong. Another reason why so many of us are broke. We go wrong where we we don't do a great job forecasting emergencies. Right. Or, or transitions. Right. How many of y'all knew about a year or so ago about these gas prices? How many of y'all loving those gas prices? Come on, talk to me. Can we give God praise for the gas price? OK. Um, how many of y'all saw it coming a, a year ago, two years ago? How many of you, listen, I won't tell nobody. How many of y'all fussing and cussing at that gas pump when you got to fill that? Come on, all of y'all driving those pickup trucks and SUVs and all of us burning that, burning that premium unleaded. <laughs> ah, you pumping gas like, Lord, please have mercy on my soul and my Lord, please. I'm about to get me a skateboard, Lord. I'm going to be riding a church on Sunday morning. Lord, if you don't help me, if you don't help me. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see it coming. A lot of us, in fact, none of us saw COVID coming. So if you were an employee working an hourly wage job and your hours got cut and you needed those, you needed those hours and some more, you didn't see it coming. So these, these transitions, these emergencies, sometimes we don't see them coming, so we don't plan on it. We don't we don't even think about it. We just we can handle the payments. We're straight. So one such transition in my own little life is when uh, uh, we were stationed at the Marine Corps Logistics Base MCLB in Albany, Georgia. I was on active duty stationed at the Marine Corps Logistics Base in Albany, Georgia. It was a sweet season. And that season we had three streams of income, three streams, active duty Marine Corps pay. Michelle was working and I was pastoring the Spring Creek Missionary Baptist Church of Leary, Georgia and preaching all over the place. I mean, I'm preaching. We were doing well. We were doing well with our three three streams of income. I thought I was really doing something with my three streams of income. There was this store in the Albany Mall. I think it was was it Gafers? Is that the name of that store? Gafers. So at Gafers, you know, we had a personal shopper. You know, personal shop. Yeah, I, I need I need some I need a suit. For, I need a blue suit. For all right, Pastor Clark, I'm a, I'm gonna look out for you. Um, I'm gonna stop by the store next Friday. I'm stop by the store next Friday. What you got for me? Well, I didn't know what shade of blue you wanted. Cha-ching. So I got you these three. Here's a dark navy blue. Here's another shade blue. I just really love this one. So you just try them on. Just tell me which one you want. Y'all know what I did. Give me all three of them. I wear one on first Sunday, wear another one on second Sunday. You know, I just wear one to the revival the first night. See, I'm just buying all these suits, buying all this stuff. So we left Marine Corps Logistics Base Albany and went to Marine Corps. Uh, mountain warfare training center mwtc in colville california in bridgeport california bridgeport california is not like albany georgia ain't no black churches in bridgeport california no 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 black churches where we lived housing was actually in colville california our our three streams of income drizzled down to one and that one stream of income couldn't handle all them three stream of income bills one day, I sat down on the side of my bed, looked in that closet, all those suits, and I said, I should have got to a place where I just stopped. I should have just gotten to a place where I just stopped. And to make it so bad, Jimmy, to make it so bad, I got all these suits in my closet. I'm in Bridgeport, California. We ain't no black churches. So listen, ain't, ain't hardly nowhere to wear them. We go on a chapel on base where the chapel on base, the Protestant worship experience, was mainly composed of retired ranchers. And retired, let me tell you what retired ranchers wear to church. They come to church, their cowboy boots and them wranglers. Brother Dave, some nice suit you got on, Brother Dave. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Brother Dave, you just dressed, you and your family dressed so sharp on Sunday mornings. Yeah, thanks. I was making broke look so good. I'm just, I, I know how to make broke look good. Listen, I was making broke look real good. I didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming. Three streams of income go down to one. That one stream of income couldn't handle the bills we accumulated on those three. All right? Um, more insight to follow from that. But we got to be able to forecast these transitions and these setbacks and these, and these changes in life. These changes. So, while, 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 wait, while, while, wait, no, okay, while, Not a (laughs) cure-all. This me. While not a cure-all, increased financial literacy can lead to improved financial capability, and policies that benefit even those with relatively low incomes. This information can help anybody. It can help you. There's a strong link between financial literacy and financial well-being amongst uh, African Americans. Really, amongst anybody. You listen. Listen to me when I tell you. Listen to me when I tell you. God can get you out of. Almost anything. And I say that because. If you got a made up mind to stay in something. Chances are you are going to stay in that thing. But I'm going to tell y'all this. I need everybody to hear me. It's some stuff you can learn your way out of. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is something. You can learn your way out of out of you can learn your way to a whole new financial reality you can learn your way to it so listen so where do we begin where do we begin we cancel financial illiteracy we cancel it we make up in our minds I'm gonna stop being ignorant when it comes to money I'm I don't know enough all of us would do ourselves a favor no matter where you are in life all of us would do ourselves a favor if we would say to ourselves you don't even have to say it out loud but if we would say to ourselves. I'm gonna learn more about money. Doesn't matter how much you have. Doesn't matter how much you have. Doesn't matter how far you come. Listen, all of us could do ourselves a great favor and make heaven smile if we would t- say to ourselves, "I am going to learn more about money. I'm, I'm going to study money. I don't have to study it, like, you know, for a living or anything. But you can, you can learn your way out of something. You're in a bad financial situation." I'm a living witness. You can learn your way out of it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Any of y'all ever? You learned your way to where you are financially. You haven't always been there. There's some stuff you had to learn. So where do we begin? We begin by canceling financial illiteracy. We pursue wisdom in the area of personal financial management. We begin with God. We begin with God. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools. Fools. Sometimes I feel, I, I wonder if, if there's a such thing as being allergic to learning. There are some people, they, they just make me wonder if there's a such thing as having an, a learning allergy. Yeah, just got excuses for everything, blaming folk for everything. Don't follow Jesus as if you have a, an, a learning allergy. Don't be allergic to learning, especially if it can help you with your money. We begin with God. We begin with God. Our awe of God, our fear of God, our reverence for God is the beginning, is the foundation of financial literacy. We want to honor God with our lives, with everything, with all, with all that we have. And also, we begin with God, but also, we begin with our language, the way we talk. I want to challenge everybody to to. Permanently and eternally delete this phrase from your vocabulary. Everybody ain't got it like that. Delete that phrase from your vocabulary. If your children say it, I would tell you do like old school mama and backhand. Don't backhand them. Don't don't back don't backhand. But let them know we don't talk like that in this house. You can joke with somebody, you know, you see them with a brand new car, brand new, oh, everybody ain't got it like that. All right now, everybody ain't able. If you're joking, okay, that's one thing. But if somebody's trying to give you some financial advice that helped them when they were in a worse situation than you're in, and your response is, everybody ain't got it like that. You're defeating yourself. Delete that phrase. From your vocabulary. If you're taking notes, I want you to put that in your notes and say, I ain't saying this no more. I will never say this again. Never. Never. I'm never saying this again. Everybody ain't got it like that. Sometimes you try to help people financially and they they got something. Just you don't understand my situation. Baby, listen, everybody ain't got it like that. No, everybody ain't got it like that. But some folk do. Some folk do. I want to be amongst those who do. I don't have a love for money. Love of money is what? Root of all. Not money is the love of root of all all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. I don't love money, but I hate being broke. Talk to me, somebody. I don't love money, but I hate being broke. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. I just don't believe he was talking about me. The poor you will have with you. And I want to do a study. Why? What did he mean by that? Why did he say that? I think I know why. The poor you will have with you always. Yeah, but you were not talking about me. I, don't, I just don't think I'm... I'm not one to preach and believe that all followers of Jesus are supposed to be rich. I, I don't believe that. I just believe I ain't supposed to be broke. Amen. Language has to change. Get some books to read i'm going to recommend some more as we as we journey through this books to read there's a couple that's that's classics rich dad poor dad classic Millionaire in there next door podcasts podcasts these this is when people are talking or, or talk they're talking about different subjects and you can get a podcast on anything anything you want to learn somebody probably has a podcast about it it could be 30 minutes it could be an hour but it's sharing some information you need for what you're trying to learn whatever you want to learn they, there's a podcast out about it. you can have it it comes automatically to your phone you can get it on your device then you have YouTube videos. We got to stop going to YouTube to be entertained. Go to YouTube to be empowered. 21 Savage, a rapper, 21 Savage, 21 Savage out of Atlanta. He, he's, he, he admitted he knew nothing about a checking account until he started rapping and making a lot of money. So what he's done, he's partnered with, a, with Chime Mobile Banking to, um, to create financial literacy courses for young people. All right. Uh, so there's stuff out there even for young people. Greenlight.com has stuff out there for young people. Conversations with people who get it. Don't let people who seem to have more than you intimidate you and keep you from asking them for advice. Amen. Amen. Okay, so look, I'm, I'm, I'm about, um, I'm almost, believe it or not, I'm almost finished. But um, if I can get somebody from security to adjust this temperature. Amen. If I can get somebody to adjust this temperature, I'd, I'd appreciate that. All right. Yeah. Because a bunch of us about to die. I'm just. <laughs> bunch of us about to die. Amen. How many of them you say died at Union Grove this morning, child? All of them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> they found Clark. Clark's gizzards were fried. His gizzards. They say his gizzards were fried from being at church. So listen, conversation with people. Have conversation with people who can help you move to another level in your finances. And then the guitar. Sister Varette puts an article in the newsletter each month to help us in our finances. So financial literacy opportunities are around you everywhere, even at your church. Amen? So let's talk about this text. Let's talk about this text. So Jesus in Matthew chapter, 5, chapter 22, verses 15 and 16. Was Jesus teaching on financial literacy? not exactly not exactly but he's but he's but he's but something happens in that conversation in that exchange that all of us need to heed if we're going to be serious about being financially literate verse 15 if you have your bibles open your app open i'm going to walk through the text and we're going to wrap this up matthew 22:15 matthew 22:15 so the pharisees met together to plot how to trap jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested they wanted to get him they wanted to get him they couldn't stand him they wanted to get him so what the pharisees did the pharisees grabbed some of their the bible calls them disciples they may have been like interns interns to become pharisees and they said we want y'all to go and ask jesus a question go hook up with the herodians who we can't stand go hook up with the herodians and uh we want you to trap jesus look at verse 16 they sent some of their disciples, some of their interns, along with the supporters of Herod. Supported These are Jews who supported Herod. The Pharisees couldn't stand Herod. They couldn't stand that whole Herodian system. At this time, y'all are aware that the Jews, the people of God, were under Roman oppression. They're under Roman oppression. So the Romans dictated what kind of jobs they could have, whether or not they could worship. The Jews dictated, I mean, the Romans dictated whether or not they could eat in the uh, in, the, in, the, in the cafeteria or, or sit at the lunch counter or not. They, the, the, the Romans dictated whether or not they could sit at the front of the bus or the back of the bus or even ride the bus at all. It was that type of... We understand that type of oppression. So the Pharisees, they couldn't stand Herod's system of, of oppression. The, there were some Jews called the Herodians. They supported Herod's system. They were what we would call sellouts. They were sellouts. They couldn't stand each other. The Pharisees and the, and the Herodians, they couldn't stand each other. But in verse 16... The Pharisees sent some of their disciples, some of their interns to Herod, to meet with them or supporters of Herod, to meet with Jesus. So they come to him and they ask him, they, they, they give him all this flattery in verse 16, all this flattery. Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and you don't play favorites. We know you're a fair man. You're you're not biased. You treat everybody the same. You just you just love everybody. That's one thing we like about you. One thing we like about you. You you just treat everybody the same. But we want to ask you something. Verse 17. Verse 17. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or no? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or no? It's a trick question. It's a trick question. They're asking, is it morally right? Is it morally right for us as the people of God? as, As the chosen Jewish people of God, is it morally right pay taxes to Caesar right is it does it go against our religion to pay taxes to Caesar can we file for a religious exemption from paying the tax like how folks can exempt from the vaccine they can have they can file for a religious exemption from the vaccine mandate right so some Jews this thing was such a big deal this paying this tax was such a big deal historically that some Jews resorted to violence To to say we we sick and tired of this we ain't paying no tax God ain't in it God ain't pleased with it we ain't even supposed to be we're not supposed to even have no heathen king over us we're sick and tired so they would resort to violence to fight back against paying that tax they they would do insurrections against the capital at Jerusalem they're gonna take our country anyway they don't want to pay the tax they didn't want to pay the tax. So if Jesus gave one answer, he would appease that crowd. That crowd would be like that's what I'm talking about. that's that's my dude right there. That's what I'm talking about. The Pharisees were against the tax. The Herodians, they supported the tax. The Pharisees were strongly opposed to foreign domination and and thought it that it was that it was just against the will of God to have a foreign heathen authority over them. The Herodians again, y'all, they submitted they submitted to the to the supremacy of Rome with no reserve. They they didn't have a problem with it at all. Okay, so they're looking for one answer. The Herodians are looking for one answer. The Pharisees are looking for another. So Jesus is he's kind of caught. If he replied, if Jesus would have said it is right to pay the tax to the Roman government, then he'd be accused of violating the Old Testament law. He loses mass appeal with the Jews. They label him as disowning the sovereignty of almighty God. But if Jesus replied, no, it's not right to pay the tax, then he'd be accused of sedition against the Roman government. And the religious leaders would try to bring him before Roman authorities and accuse him of treason. So Jesus kind of he's kind of caught in this trap. They're not asking because they're curious about their finances. They're they're like, we're going to catch him no matter what answer he gives. One of us can get him. Verse 18, verse 18. But Jesus knew the evil mo their their, their evil their evil motives. You hypocrites! (laughs) You hypocrites! Y'all ain't right. I know why y'all asking me this. Y'all don't really want to know whether it's right or not. Each of you have your 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 adamant about your own positions. You you you, you're dug in with the positions you hold. You're not gonna change. Y'all just trying to y'all trying to trap me. I know what's going on. Y'all trying to make it look like y'all just want some information. But I I see what's really going on. You hypocrites why are you trying to trap me? Why? Why are y'all trying to trap me? Verse 19, very interesting question. Here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked whose picture and title are stamped on it. Here's the thing. If they really had a problem with paying the tax, what you're doing with the coin? Now, to pay the temple tax in the Jewish synagogue, the Jewish temple, they would use a Jewish shekel, a Jewish coin. If they possessed the Roman coin, they're saying, okay, we're cool with the Roman tax, we're going to pay it. Now, granted, the, um, the Herodians probably the ones who handed him the coin. But still, for, just by virtue of y'all as a group, one of y'all got the coin. Apparently, it's not a problem. Y'all, y'all together. Even though y'all can't stand each other, you had to come together to hand me up. Why? You got the coin. You already had the answer. But he asked another question in verse 20. Whose picture and title are on it? So then they replied, Caesar's. Well, then, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Another issue with holding this coin, some, some argued if you got the coin with Caesar's face on it, you, you give a stamp of approval. You cosign Worshipping Caesar, worshiping the emperor. You, you co-sign emperor worship. We worship God and God alone. We ain't worshiping the emperor. So that's another issue. If we, if we pay this tax, are we saying we're somewhat, sort of, kind of engaging in emperor worship when we're supposed to only worship God and him alone? Jesus called him hypocrites. Y'all know what's up. But his answer in verse 21, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. In other words, you can do both. You can give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but make sure you give God what belongs to him. That's where we want to begin with financial literacy. Make sure God gets his. Make sure God gets his. Don't leave God out. Don't leave God out. We are to give the government what we owe them and give God what we owe him. Now, I wanted to really hit this heart today because the world, you look up any, any kind of financial literacy advice on the Internet, and they will probably tell you, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. A lot of them will even tell you, take 10%, you pay yourself first. Pay, pay yourself first is what the world will tell us. Pay yourself first. I want to tell kingdom folk who love Jesus, we give God his first. Financial. Liter- I'm. I'm demonstrating a measure of financial literacy as a follower of Jesus when I make sure God gets his. Jesus. What. What do we do? Do we. Do we pay the tax or not? You can do both. You can pay the tax without dishonoring God. You can pay the tax without dishonoring God, and you honor God with what belongs to Him. Some of what you got now, some of that money in your pocket belongs to God. In fact, all of it belongs to God. All of it belongs to God. The wealth you've accumulated is because God has given you the power to accumulate wealth. All of what you have belongs to him. Just give him a portion of it back. That's the beginning of financial literacy. That's, that's how we demonstrate that we're wise with our finances when we make sure that we, we honor God first. We, what, what, what we owe him, we give him. And here's the thing. I know what a lot of y'all are thinking. Well, the government, they automatically get theirs. They take theirs off the top before I even look at my check. Uncle Sam done got his, right? Unless you're an entrepreneur and then you can, you can pay him what you, what you claim you made. You can, you can pay him based on what you claim you made. But all of us who are working at nine to five, the government takes, automatically takes theirs off the top. Here's something to think about, though. Even if, even if we're not exactly okay with the government taking theirs off the top, but we pay it anyway, they get theirs automatically. Shouldn't it be automatic that God gets his? Shouldn't, shouldn't our mindset reflect, it's automatic, God gonna get his from me now. God get, yeah, I, I gotta handle that transmission. I'm gonna know, I don't know where I'm gonna get the money from, but come, comes when, next time I get my increase, God gonna get his. Yeah, I got to get this fixed at the house. I got to get this. I got to help this. I got to take care of this medical expense, whatever it is. But God going to get his now. That's what Jesus is getting across. Yeah, make sure Caesar gets his. Make sure Caesar gets it. But at the same time, make sure God gets his. You can give Caesar his without dishonoring God. But make sure that at the end of the day, you're not dishonoring God at all. That's what I wanted to share today. Don't dishonor God by holding back from him what you owe him. All of us owe him. Whether you're on fixed income, whether you have a job, a career, all of us owe God something. Amen. Give Caesar. If Caesar is getting his automatically, God needs to get his automatically. Amen. 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 And Jesus says, render unto Caesar the things that Caesar's render unto God, the things, the the things that are God's. The thing, not just the money you owe God, render unto God the things. You know what your Bible says? The things, that's plural. I owe God more than money. (laughs) I owe God more than money. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to drop this in your spirit. We are to love God with all of our heart, all of our. Yeah, I think. I think. Well, I got it. The sequence. Jesus quoting it says, "Loving with all your heart, soul, and mind." Mind. Some of us ain't loving God with our minds. Because we ain't putting nothing in it. We ain't putting nothing good in it. Putting too much gossip in it. Putting too much entertainment in it. Ain't trying to learn nothing. Ain't pursuing a greater understanding of anything. Not Love God with your mind. One thing Charles Reynolds taught me is, is no sin and no harm in following Jesus and thinking. Ain't nobody going to stop me from thinking. He taught me, don't let nobody stop you from thinking. Got to put something in it. And some of us don't know anything about money because we've never put anything in our minds concerning money. Didn't even know we should. I'm telling you today, you must because what you don't know can hurt you. And a lot of us in some financial situations, I'm done Jonathan, help me, help me. Help me slide out of here. <laughs> a lot of us are in financial positions we can learn our way out of. You can. If you tell if you hear If you if those phrases I can't but it ain't easy every time I try it just gets harder I take one step forward get knocked two steps back everybody ain't got it like that I need you to identify that thought what it is that's a lie from the devil The devil wants you to stay broke Y'all hear what I said the devil would love for you to be broke No money to buy your medicine no money to go see your doctor, no money to get your stuff fixed, no, no, no no money to take care of what you need. The devil would love to see you struggling during this pandemic, during this, during this inflation, with these gas prices. The devil would love. Can y'all imagine? Can y'all imagine if if if, if the word got around, well, Pastor Clark, they, they called for Pastor Clark to come to the emergency and, and everything. The emergency had the thing and gave him the address, but Pastor Clark said he ain't had no gas money. Or I got enough gas money to show up to your house or your job or your, your emergency, your situation. And I'm like, oh, you know, Pastor Clark, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, I had to be here for you. You know, I love you and your church. I'm here representing your church family. Your church family's here for you. Anything we can do to, you know, come on, we're going to pray. And then I pray for them. And then after I finish praying, hey, uh, by the way, give me a little something for some gas so I can get back to Kathleen? Give me a little something for them gas. Can I get a little something for some gas get back to the house? I'm running on fumes. Or I ride a skateboard to your house. I get to your house on that skateboard. We can learn our way out of this. The beginning of it. Make sure God gets his. What gets me? What gets me? Jesus Jesus said, make sure, give Caesar the things that belong to Caesar. Make sure, Give God what belongs to God. He doesn't say anything about what we do with the rest. What do we do with the rest of it? We pay the tax. We pay the tithe. What do we do? What we have left. I'll tell you over the next couple of weeks. Everybody stand. I'm done. Let's stand. Before we talk about credit scores. Before we talk about how and why we got so much stuff. Some of us can't tithe because we got so much stuff. Why, you, why do you have so much stuff? What's the real reason behind all those clothes, all those shoes, all those sneakers, and all that, all that stuff? What's the real reason why you got all that stuff? Before we talk about all that over the next couple weeks, make sure we begin. Make sure God gets his. That's what we do. Look up financial literacy on any website. They're going to tell you, pay yourself first. Okay, I hear what they're saying. As a follower of Jesus, I give God His first, and He gonna get His. He gonna get His, because one Friday He made sure I got mine. <laughs> one Friday on Calvary's hill, He made sure I got mine, that I that I got my Savior, that I got my salvation, that that the, that the Lamb of God died to save me from my sins. One day He let me live long enough. To access what he what he gave for my salvation one day he he started my life over gave me the new birth he washed my sins away he gave me a brand new beginning and told me you're gonna be mine forever I got a home reserved for you where you won't have any mortgage it won't be any rent in my father's house are what many men they're not financed by Wells Fargo Bank of America the VA no You don't have to pay, the rent's already been paid, the mortgage has already been paid by the blood of Jesus. Amen. I I want you to accept Jesus in your life today.
0: This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.